think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball, Basketball Podcast. Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Revis. And who, sir, are you on the other side? Me, sir? I am your producer, <laughs> Matt Duncan. Wow, Whoa, starting up high. Yeah, your start voice came in real high. Yeah. <laughs> That's a family trait. I try to hide that. <laughs> hey man, bring your family traits in, okay? That's fine, dude. Oh my god, no, no generational trauma to start it off. Okay, we're good. Um, Maddie, I just got to thank you. You always got my back. Uh, this is my uh, first time with a, a not bad camera. So for people watching on YouTube, we got a 1080. You can see how empty yeah. uh, the room I record in really is but you know i said it's up, lit uh, nice I yeah the derozan tea come on yeah there, um, i do like that you got to you know it looks like a very bare mocha back there or, you know yeah you- it, it's a very bare <laughs> mocha mocha derozan only uh, i got that derozan um signed derozan t-shirt uh for coming last in a curling tournament so what's up <laughs> nice um shout out high park curling club <laughs> the only shout out they'll ever receive uh <laughs> Yeah, if you're if you're coming to the podcast for the first time or you're just joining, um, uh, you know, come back. We are, uh, you know, hardcore Raptors fans, NBA fans. We have comedians, analysts, actors. Uh, me and Matt are both uh, uh, actors, comedians. And, um, yeah, we're on Raptors Republic. We're having a good time. But, uh, Matty, you know, if people want to follow us, like – you know, help us be the next Dax Shepard. That's my new reference for a big podcast. (laughs) Whatever. If they want to help the podcast grow, how can they do that? Okay. Yeah. Dax Shepard. That's our, that that is officially our goal now, (laughs) a non-sports podcast, but you know, whatever. Uh, Yeah. So just dunkspodcast.com is our website. It does have, you know, the episodes there that you can listen to, but we are on Raptors Republic. So go to raptorsrepublic.com. You can listen to the episodes there as well as all the other podcasts that are on the network, as well as all the other sports articles that go up that are amazing. So check that out on our Instagram and our Twitter. We've got our link trees that will take you to, you know, the YouTube and everything else so yeah just uh, click away subscribe rate comment we know you love to so you know let us have it let us have it folks freddie loves yeah. to get back to you yeah I, lo- <laughs> yeah I love to get back to you i, I like that and matt's trying to you know he's trying to throw me under the bus stay away from me <laughs> last, yeah last podcast i told people to find uh maddie's episode of uh the boys uh, and and people did. They came yeah. through in uh, the private message yeah. uh, world, and and they found you, man. And I, I responded with, with uh, a signed autograph. 
<laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, you know, listen, don't forget about the uh, the small roles in Canadian TV, okay? We, we, we need the love. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think before we start bringing on the guests, uh, I, I've been saying, you know, for a while now, uh, uh, free BG, free Brittany Griner. Uh, if that's not something you're familiar with, uh, you should be. And, um, you know, if you're not, uh, you know, just just look it up. Uh, get informed and, um, you know, kind of help out, make some noise in, in whatever way you can. Uh, I do a WNBA podcast called The Pickup, a WNBA podcast with uh, Catherine Niker, also on Raptors Republic. Uh, you know, we've been talking about the Brittany Griner situation for, for a long time now. So, um, you know, feel free to check that out. But, um, yeah, well, with that said, uh, let's bring on guest number one. Uh, you know, he's, he's an awesome dude. Honestly, his Instagram is absolutely delicious right now. He's got some uh, amazing Italian photos. Uh, you know, I won't, I won't, you know, elaborate too much on that. Maybe I'll leave it a bit of a mystery because, uh, I don't want to, you know, air his personal business here more than I already have. Um, but, uh, you know, he's with CBC news. Uh, I, I, I met him, uh, uh, doing a, uh, basketball segment, uh, with Dwayne Watson, uh, and uh, just an incredible guy. Uh, I still want to play basketball with him personally, um, but give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Derek Dionorain. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> How you doing, man? Thanks for joining. I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Thank you for having me again. Always nice to be uh, on the podcast, friend of the pod, uh, you know, longtime listener, longtime supporter, and always happy to help out. Thanks, dude. I'm uh, I'm happy to have you. And um, I feel like we, we got three guests today, so uh, I'm going to keep this train moving. Uh, it's his first time doing the podcast. Uh, I've, you know, been like a more than a Twitter fan because, uh, you know, I knew him at Raptors HQ. Uh, he's, uh, you know, a, a huge Raptors personality. I think a lot of people on Twitter know him for sure. He's got the uh, the Scotty Barnes points tally going, which is uh, one of my favorite things to follow both from like a funny perspective and like a nerd perspective. Uh, I'm so excited to have him on the podcast. Uh, give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Chris Walder. This is your song, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Matt's happy yeah. about a song choice. I love it. But is my Instagram as delicious as Derek's, though? That's the big question. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I'm going to have to check that out. It's definitely not. Uh, spoiler alert. I definitely don't have anything on there of value. But, it's okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, fresh off a trip, so it's all right. <laughs> there you go. You got me beat, buddy. You got me beat. It's, it's hard to compete with that Italian scenery, you know? like uh, <laughs> Everything just looks good, right? Exactly. Um, but thanks, dude. Uh, by the way, I, I tell anytime it's uh, someone's first time on the podcast, I let them know. Uh, you know, like it or or love it. That is your song on the podcast forever. Uh, so nice. I hope you hope you dig it. It's got a Michael Jackson. Uh, it sounds like a Michael Jackson song to start off, and it's for sure not. That's the most I've moved today, man. I'm happy. I'm feeling. I'm in the moment. <laughs> okay, sweet. Um, all right, yeah. Let's bring on the uh, the third guest here. Uh, also a great dude. Um, he's been on the podcast before. Uh, you know, we were going back and forth a little bit on on Twitter yesterday. He sort of inspired my first question. A great basketball personality, great dude. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Sheldon Alexander. This one's got a slow build, so we got to let it come in. Wait, does it pick up? <laughs> yeah, it's a... <laughs> Here we go. 
Yeah, that was very like. That's kind of like. That's like. I don't know if anyone knows the band Hot Chip, but it's like low and tinny. Drums. For some some reason, that came in quieter. But what's up, Sheldon? How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. It's it's hot in Toronto right now, and I'm coming in hot on the pod fired up even though it's supposed to be like downtime and the basketball season it's not so much that way in toronto these days yeah no it is it is a pretty like uh yeah I know it's a pretty uh, i don't know if tumultuous is the right word but it's a pretty explosive time and let's jump right into it and sheldon uh you know i'm gonna do our little music interstitial here but i am gonna go to you first because you inspired the first question but uh, Maddie, good sir, I, I don't know what kind of raptor sting you got for me, but please uh, give me your weirdest raptors sting. Scotty Barnes is your top gun, getting during his mission possible. Okay. <laughs> uh, I couldn't really hear it. I, uh, I what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what the hell was that is a fair. Um, Scotty Barnes Matt. is your top gun, getting during his mission possible. Okay, so I heard the word Top Gun, I heard Scotty Barnes. It sounds like a, a robot whispering. Um, Did you hear what he said getting Duran as Mission Impossible? Okay, all right. So is that is that a celebrity? Or that's is Tom that Cruise. That's Tom Cruise? Yeah. Listen, that's that's Tom Cruise at, you know, midnight listening to Scientology tapes. And- uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's Tom Cruise, like, just like, you know, reading back, what's that book? Like Dianetics, you know, yes. like just <laughs> quietly reading his Scientology uh, info. Um, well, thanks, Tom Cruise. I really appreciate you, uh, you know, jumping in and, um, and you know, getting in on the Scotty Barnes Durant stuff. Uh, Matt, Matt, as always, thanks for hooking up the big celeb. Um, Tom Cruise, that's huge for us. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's go to you for Sheldon. So, you know, I'll try not to meander too much here, okay, but I, okay. I, you know, with, with the KD Scotty stuff with the KD, I guess, trade machinations, we we've covered it, you know, last couple pods here, it's been in the news cycle for a long time. Right. So, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know how much the eight and signing changed things or really where we're at exactly, but you know, we're, we're hearing people's opinions on Pascal on OG, uh, Gary's thrown into a lot of the scenarios, um, Fred seems to not be involved in a lot of scenarios, but obviously Scotty is in, you know, sort of like front and center, um, from a Raptor, Raptor perspective, but anyways, yeah, it just kind of made me think, uh, you know, how Raptors fans value our current guys. And, you know, we have a, a lot of good personalities here, so I'm, I'm curious to see what you guys think. So, uh, Sheldon, I want you to give me the. From a Raptors perspective, you know, from your mm-hmm. what you're seeing out there, um, the 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 Raptor that's kind of overvalued, um, you know, sort of a cliche way to speak about it, but you know what I mean. Um, the, or the Raptor that's properly valued, uh, and uh, the Raptor that's undervalued. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, first I think if we're going to talk about overvalued, I think it's got to be OG and Anobi at this point because any trade involving Kevin Durant has to include either Scotty Barnes or Pascal Siakam because you're talking about an all-star or the rookie reigning rookie of the year. Right. And I even think that if it's just Scotty OG and Gary Trent jr, which is something I just threw it on Twitter, which mm-hmm. matches money wise, but just to get Raptors fans kind of feel for it. And everyone to a T says no way, no chance wouldn't do that trade. 
And to me, like OG Ananobi cannot be the centerpiece of a deal for Kevin Durant. Like he's a role player. He's played about 40 games the last two seasons in a row. Hasn't played more than 70 games since his rookie year. Like, I mean, I just don't understand. Like I get it. Every year we go into the Raptors season saying, is this the year OG takes the Mm -hmm. next leap? Is this the year OG takes the next leap? And it never happens. So I, I just I just think he's overvalued at this point by Raptors fans. And he's a great defender. He's a good role player. He's a good three and D guy. And maybe he's a little overqualified for that on this roster. But if you put him on a really good team, he's gonna be a really key piece. And I, I just think that he's definitely overvalued. Undervalued to me is Fred Van Fleet, just because I think what he means to the locker room. I don't Mm -hmm. think this team is this team without Fred Van Fleet in the locker room, because even just the way that he commands himself, the way that he speaks to the media, the way that, you know, you can tell that he has a hold on the locker room in terms of the hierarchy and what's going on and demanding a level of effort night in, night out. Those are the things, the intangibles that I think that we take for granted as fans. We don't understand how important that is. Um, Properly valued, I'd say Scotty Barnes. I get why people don't want to put Scotty Barnes in the trade. I totally understand it. I'm not even saying that I would a thousand percent do it. I'd think about it, but I understand, you know, he, he had a great rookie season. He's done a great job so far. He's going to, you hope that he's going to keep developing his game. So yeah, I understand why people are in love with Scotty Barnes because he's given us reason to be enamored with his talent. Uh, yeah, you know, g- great points all around. Uh, I want to hear the other guys. So, you know, I won't touch on everything, but you know, I-, I will say, I think, you know, with, with Fred, being undervalued you know it doesn't come up enough that how valuable he is to the locker room and i also feel like it doesn't come up enough just how uh, elite of a shooter he is uh you know obviously he was struggled after the hip injury and in, you know the all-star game but uh he was he was basic i think he was like third in total made threes or something like that and you know it's he's uh, he's not steph right you know i don't yeah. think anyone's ever going to say that but um after that, like he could really go toe to toe with a lot of three point shooters in the NBA. Maybe you want to get nitpicky about how he creates his three pointers uh, and that sort of thing. But I think for a roster that is trying this experimental thing and is going to need shooting, Fred is, is just so yeah un- un- undervalued. You know, I couldn't agree more. Um, okay, let's uh, let's go let's go to you next, uh, Chris. Uh, same question. Uh, you know, if there's anything Sheldon said you want to comment on, feel free. Yeah, I think Sheldon hit the nail on the head here with Fred Van Vliet being the most undervalued Raptor. I mean, lest we forget, because a lot of the focus was on Pascal Siakam being All NBA, and then the year that Scotty Barnes had. Fred Van Vliet was an all-star. He was our Mm -hmm. best player for like maybe the first half of the season. And Raptors fans have it really good. We went from the Kyle Lowry era, and he basically passed the torch to Fred Van Vliet. And and you discussed it with your answer there with him, the leadership intangibles. You need a guy like that in the locker room. Who's going to rally the troops? Who's going to lift spirits when things are bleak? Fred Van Vliet is that guy. I think it's a rallying point, the whole bet on yourself mantra, the where he's come from to where he is now. Players respect that. Players want to play with a guy like that. And I think when it comes to these Kevin Durant rumors out there and how people were so willing to give up a guy like Fred Van Vliet, I don't think he's easily replaceable. And we know what the point guard situation is like Mm -hmm. with the Toronto Raptors. We're throwing forwards out there to bring the ball up the court. He's a traditional point guard. 
the only real downside to his game is that he is undersized. And like the future of the NBA is bigger, quicker, more athletic guards. Fred right. doesn't necessarily fall in that category, but I think he's still such an integral piece to this team and a champion at that. Um, in terms of the value that I think is like fine the way it is, I think the easy answer is Pascal Siakam. He's proven himself to be an all NBA, all star caliber player. And I think more, you know, the, the American media is taking note of his game and putting respect on Siakam's name. So I think he's in a perfect place right now. I think Raptors fans have come to the conclusion just based on his game that maybe he isn't the great number one piece for a championship roster. But as we saw in 2019, he's an amazing number two. And he can be a number two if you want to compete for a title. So mm-hmm. I think the way he's ranked and perceived right now is perfect. And I hate to say this because this is like 90% of my shtick on Twitter. But like in terms of overvalue, and, and it breaks my heart, like it's Scotty Barnes. And I'm not trying to like say that as like a negative to him. But we went from a point where like, 90% of the fan base was like upset that we picked the guy in the draft. And I think he obviously and I'm one of those people. I was on team Jalen Suggs because I'm not familiar with like the college game. And I thought, you know, yeah. why are we bypassing Suggs to take mm-hmm. this like unproven commodity? But Scotty Barnes not only exceeded expectations, he blew away expectations to the point now where people are like simply refusing to trade him for a top five player and one of the greatest <laughs> players in the history of basketball. And I say overvalued. I, I recently listened to a podcast. Um, shout out to William Liu and Alex Wong, uh, the host of the William Liu show on Sportsnet. I think they're doing a great job. Oh, yeah. Alex brought up this great point that like Scotty Barnes rookie of the year campaign. We really need to see more from this guy like his sophomore year. A lot of players have those sophomore slumps. What's going to happen if Scotty Barnes kind of like goes down a notch and doesn't deliver the goods like he did in year one? Maybe people will start regretting. Why didn't we move him for Kevin Durant when we had the chance? I still think the the sky's the limit for him and his ceiling is insane. But like, let's temper expectations before we start putting him in the Hall of Fame. I, um, you know, listen, I, I, I was joking about uh, wanting to be aggregated <laughs> at the beginning uh, of the pod, but uh, I'm going to jump on your Scotty point, Chris. I, I, I totally agree with you. And I feel like uh, overvalued is maybe is even the wrong way to approach this. I, I just, mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes um, when, when someone has a rookie campaign, their trajectory is, is, is sort of, it, there's this idea that it goes straight up. And that there isn't learning curves and that, you know, as you get better and more elite, every little incremental improvement is sort of more meticulous and kind of like, you know, it gets nuanced and, and, you know, obviously you know, he, he just took the you know league by storm. It was amazing, but yeah, it was tight, right. Between him and, uh, you know, Evan Mobley. And I think we even saw a little bit in, in game six, uh, of the Sixers series of what maybe is to come for Scotty, which is his team saying, Hey, this guy is too good at every part of basketball. You absolutely have to let him shoot until he proves you wrong. And, you know, I've said it a bunch of times, like to anyone who will listen, like friends, my brothers, whatever. Uh, I think the thing I liked the most about that game is Scotty did shoot. I forget what his final number was. I think it was like one for seven. So I I do think he has this superstar quality and I do feel like he is a, you know, potential budding superstar, but sometimes I feel like, you know, particular with this discussion, going back to Kevin Durant a little bit, people sort of are getting lost uh, with the fact that we are talking about Kevin Durant 
We're not talking about <laughs> Donovan Mitchell. We're not talking about Gobert. We're talking about like an all-time great. Um, but yeah, you know, good points all around. And uh, uh, Fred, by the way, is also my my, my undervalued guy. Um, uh, okay, um, Derek. I hope we didn't take all the points away. No, no, no. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, good actually. Yeah. Um, as far as like overvalue goes, I, I think I, I agree with with a lot of you guys. I think OG. Um, and and it's as much as that kills me. I will preface this by saying this: when it comes to any overvaluation of any player on the Raptors. I am never going to get mad at fans for building players up. That is not a bad mm-hmm. thing. And I don't, I would, you would be, it would be weird if you didn't, right? Like it would be weird if you were trying to tear down your own guys. So I completely get all the hype. I completely get all the fandom behind it. I get all the Twitter noise from people who love these guys, believe in them, believe in what their potential could be and what they've shown on the court. So I'm not knocking anybody for that. If, if you love these guys, love them, support them no matter what, because ultimately you want to see these guys do well, because the better they do, the better our team does. Um, that being said, though, um, I do think that, yeah, OG is a little bit overvalued in this case, mainly because of he feels very Jekyll and Hyde. Um, if, if there's one thing that is consistent with OG is how up and down he is. And and that's, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily his fault, right? Like injuries are a part of the game. They happen. But, you know, when you look back to how many games he's missed over the last couple of years, like he missed 32 games last year, the year before that, I think he missed about like 17. The only time he's actually ever played a full season was the bubble season, uh, which is shocking. And, and he played well for the most part. And, you know, I think it really just depends on what OG we see, right? Like I remember, you know, after Norm got traded, there was, you know, a lot more opportunity for him to take into that role to become more of an offensive option for the team. And he flourished. I think he played like the last set of that season, um, you know, averaging like 18 points a game or like Mm -hmm. 18 to 20 had like, you know, almost 50% from the field, 40% from three. If that's the OG that we get, then absolutely like keep him. That is a phenomenal player that can give you 20 a game, 40% of the field and give you lockdown defense. Like why would you not want to keep him? The reality is that he hasn't always been that. And, you know, you'll get like a a 10 game spurt where he's phenomenal. And then you might get like three or four games that are kind of duds and then he'll get injured and he'll miss, you know, a couple weeks here and there. And I think it's unfortunate that he's had bad luck with injuries. But because of that, you know, it's hard to assess what he really is and what his ceiling is as a player, because the only way for me to know how good you can be is if you're available. And if you're not available, you know, whether it be, you know, unfortunately having the, um, the appendix situation during the playoffs when the Raptors won the championship or, you know, the hit pointer or the finger issue. Um, it feels like every time we're waiting for OG to take that step, something happens. Um, that's just bad luck that unfortunately doesn't give him the opportunity to fully show how good he could be. So unfortunately I do think OG is a bit overvalued at this point, but that's not to say that that can't change. Um, property va- properly valued. Uh, nobody said this yet. Um, I'm actually going to go with Gary Trent jr. I think uh, he's a guy that everybody kind of looks at as a a trade piece and a bigger deal for understandable reasons. It's not that people don't like him. It's not that people don't think he's a good player. I think a lot of people looked at him as, you know, you you signed a deal with the Raptors sort of short term. You were looked at as the norm replacement. And from a three point shooting perspective, you have replaced norm, but 
he's severely lacked as far as being able to score inside or finish at the rim. I think him and Fred were two of the worst finishers at the rim last year. And, you know, thankfully he's, he's bought into the system and has taken a leap defensively last year. But I think that for, for all intents and purposes, he's a guy that you could live with him, but you could also live without him. And so when I see him in trade pieces and talks like, you know, with KD and OG in those situations, I'm not bothered by it because I think that where we view Gary Trent as a player, his potential uh, in the next year or two, how he fits on this team. Uh, realistically, I don't think he would be a starter um, if the, if guys continue to develop the way that we think he, w- he is. And I think ultimately he could be a phenomenal six man on this team, but I don't know if he becomes, you know, an all-star player or, or even necessarily the playoff guy that Norm was for us at times. So uh, for me, I think, I think he's properly valued. And the one guy I think that is, been, you know, very undervalued, um, I would say even more so than Fred, because at least Fred gets love, you know, from, from the championship run and, and from his performance there and, and who he is as a locker room leader, I think it's precious. I honestly think it's precious. I think a lot of people, you know, at the beginning of last year, really, you know, and understandably were frustrated by him because you have all of these phenomenal physical tools as a player, but it's just not coming together. Everything is mm-hmm. closed, everything is rushed. Everything feels forced. You're, you're dribbling when you shouldn't be a ball handler. You're forcing yourself into double teams and trying to body yourself into the paint against guys who are bigger, taller, stronger than you. And it just, it was awkward at first, but his improvement in the in the course of a year i don't even think miami heat fans saw him as a potential 40 percent three-point shooter you know from the corner or or a guy who could you know have some sort of offensive game like how the raptors and how he's developed his shooting to me has been one of the biggest surprises for us and i think going forward if he can become but, you know, essentially a, a surge 2.0, if you will, like a smaller version. But, you know, somebody who is versatile on defense, you can switch him and put him in any lineup with, you know, guys who are 6'9 or guys like Fred and Gary Trent who are on the smaller side and know that he's going to play well. And and to me, I think, you know, one of the, the nice things I remember, uh, you know, one of the postgame press conferences that I was at where Coach Nurse was saying, you know, Precious was one of the guys that volunteered to be like, look, I want to be the guy to stop the, the hottest dude on the court right now, right? I want to be the one to turn the water off. To me, that speaks volumes as, you know, an intangible defensive ability. Whereas, like, there's guys who can buy into systems, and that's great. But if you just want it that badly because you want to prove that yourself while also still buying into, you know, defensive schemes and stuff like that, I think Precious could be a really big, really big player for us, you know, in a couple years from now and potentially down a championship run, so... Man, you know, guys, you know, great points all around. I love the diversity of the of the answers here, and uh, I'm going to go to you, Chris, on this next question. But Derek, I'll, I'll just say I feel like kind of two things that I just want to focus on a little bit of what you said. I love the precious answer. You know, watching him sort of switch from like Embiid to Harden in the Philly series was like, well, what's even going on here? This guy's lateral quickness is out of control. Like what is the defensive potential for him? And also I just feel like so much of the, you know, the narrative changes throughout the year. And for me, a big part of his narrative was, uh, you know, he was asked to do a lot early on in the season when Pascal wasn't there. And and when Pascal kind of showed up and, you know, turned into himself, his all NBA self and, and precious sort of like 
went down to where he's supposed to be in the pecking order, I feel like you really start to, you started to see him kind of like adjust and thrive. And, you know, Gary was my properly valued guy as well. Uh, I feel like I I really like him. You know, I I think that, you know, I mean, Gary and OG, I think they're both still really young. So like, I don't know, I don't want to say where they're going to go and, you know, put caps on, you know, their, I guess their, their future ability. But I think it's interesting. I feel like people have a level head with Gary because it's kind of like, yeah, this guy's good. You know, he had all those like 40 and 30 point games. Like he can, he can go off. But also if you're trying to net someone huge, his contract kind of works, you know, he has, uh, he's going to be a free agent soon enough. So I think that he makes sense when you're, you know, if you were just trying to trade him, in a sense, I feel like you'd be looking for a guy like him in return. So it's a bit like, I don't know. But, you know, if you're if it's part of a bigger deal, then I think, you know, him him being part of the trade package sort of makes sense. But, uh, you know, we, we've taken up a lot of airspace with the uh, KD stuff. So, Chris, let's, um, you know, I don't know if you watch every little bit of Summer League. Uh, I mean, every, people got to work, right? So, like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Summer League's a lot. But what's your, I guess, takeaway for, for Raptors fans? I'll be honest with you. I did not watch a lot of Summer League this year. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, <laughs> but I will say this. So uh, I'm big on draft picks. So like the, the footage that I did see in the games that I did see in the action that I caught, I kept my eyes on Christian Coloco. Like this guy, he, he was our pick. I wanted mm-hmm. to learn more about him. You know, spoiler, I'm going to be chronicling his climb up the Raptors all time blocks list. Yeah. Love this stuff. I love this nerdy stat stuff, which you alluded to earlier. Um, but yeah, he was my biggest takeaway, if only because he has like obviously the most potential to like crack the rotation initially. And I think what Nick Nurse is going to do with this guy when he is on the roster is kind of do what he did with uh, Precious Achua, like trial by fire. Just throw him out there, throw him to the wolves, see what this guy can produce. Obviously, in the summer league, his offense was very poor. I think he was shooting under 40%. But defensively, like the physical intangibles that this guy has, there's a reason why I'm interested to see how many blocks this guy averages throughout the course of his season. Like, I think his mentality is just to play defense first. And on the Raptors roster, he doesn't really need to score a lot. He just needs to kind of be around the basket, deflect shots, get those offensive rebounds, put back dunks, things of that nature. I think I'm incredibly high on him. And like it was with Scotty Barnes. I mean, you know, you set the bar so high for yourself. All you can think of is going up. I think it's not going to be to that same degree with Coloco. But at the same time, I'm curious what he can produce on this roster. And with the Raptors history of kind of developing talent, I think he can go really far really quickly. Yeah, you well said. I feel like um, you know Coloco is was sort of the guy to watch. Uh, I'm always interested watching a big in in summer league, uh, just because it's such a fast game. Sometimes it's so chaotic and disorganized. Like, what can they sort of salvage? Some of the offense looked rough at times, but yeah, he's just surprising dudes all over the place with his length, and you know he's going to add strength, like obviously. So it's. Uh, you know, we'll, 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 we'll see where he goes, but I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. Like it, it was fun watching him. Um, let's, uh, let's go to you next, Derek. Um, I, again, you know, uh, you're forgiven preemptively if you didn't watch that much summer league, cause we all, <laughs> I, I'll say it again. We got to work, you know, people got to do stuff. Yeah, no, bills definitely have to get paid, but, um, <laughs> I was fortunate enough to be able to, to take in some of it, um, and watch a few games here and there. I, not all of it, but, um, yeah, I, I would say honestly, 
uh, colloquial was my answer, but Chris, you know, spoke so eloquently about it. I, I would say to me, and this is going to sound a bit funny, but I would say the three C's, uh, which were, you know, chemistry, camaraderie, uh, you know, and cohesion, because I, I think that, you know, it was uh, out of all the teams in the NBA, the Raptors were the only ones that I can I can find online or that I've seen where majority of the roster genuinely showed up to support these young guys. Like, I don't know many teams where three quarters or even half of your team, whether it be Fred, Pascal, Gary, Malachi, Scott, whoever, were there to, to support these guys in summer league. I think a lot of guys in the offseason are, you know, understandably taking time off, hanging out with their family, getting mm-hmm. in work, resting, whatever the case may be. But it was just really nice to see the Raptors show up for their young guys. Even the guys that won't necessarily crack our, our summer league teams, you know, down the line or 905 teams, just to be able to see like, yo, look, these NBA guys are supporting me. And that gives me the, you know, the feeling of understanding that this organization is is behind me, whether it be from management to players to staff uh, to coaching, they're all there. Um, and I think that stuff is going to pay dividends, right? Like I think, you know, beyond to me, like if I'm looking at it from just like a player standpoint, like Coloco it seems very promising defensively. There's a lot of stuff that he has to work on offensively, but because mm-hmm. the Raptors don't need him to do more than provide defense, anything you get from him besides that is bonus, right? Much like Chris was saying about Precious. Um, I think for me, like I've been having a lot of good conversations with folks out in Rexdale um, about Delano and, and some of the work that he's been putting in in the summertime. And the one thing that I that a lot of people told me um, was that he was he was really working on 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 his body in the gym, getting physically stronger. Because a lot of times he would drive to the basket. He has all the speed in the world, but not the ability to finish at the rim mm-hmm. um, because he's got a skinnier frame and guys are just bullying him. And if you saw in summer league for some of the highlights, he was actually uh, his finishing at the rim was a lot more improved. Granted, it's not the same level of competition, right. but you can see an improvement there. And I think, you know, that physical aspect is going to help him. His shooting is, is improving as well. I, is he going to be, you know, a 40 percent three point shooter? Absolutely not. But is he making progress from from conversations I've had with coaches and, and friends of family in the neighborhood that know him and have been around him this summer absolutely and i think that stuff is really going to help him and i think it'll be interesting to see what happens you know comes training camp uh with delano and, and malachi uh and and who gets that backup point guard spot Mal- malachi is coming off a, a fresh 73 piece at the seattle pro-am uh you know and and Delano's coming off a strong summer too so uh you know there's a lot of good things to pick up from from summer league but more so than just the individual, um, you know, improvements that guys are making. I think it's a team thing because it translates, right? Like summer league translates to 905, 905 translates to the main roster. And if you have that cohesion all the way through, guys are going to develop quicker. Man, you know, yeah. So, so, so many good points. And I think that the Raptors development through line is so it's, it's on display, right? You know, you got, uh, I think it was um, Bobby Webster was being interviewed in one of the games and uh, whoever was calling the game was just saying like, Hey, does, uh, does anyone else have two guys that have like won a G league championship that have been all stars? And like, without hesitation, Bobby was like, Nope, just us. And he said that so quick that I was like, Oh man, that's like a known thing in the franchise and we're proud of it. And those guys coming to summer league reinforces it. Right. Mm -hmm. So they're just, they're here, they're there. And they're like, Hey, we understand the whole process. You can be us. You can get, you know, as Kyle would always say, generational wealth, like you can, you can do this. And also we're here to support you in that process. So whether it's like, you know, the newest two way guy, uh, Jeff Doughton, whoever it is, like they're basically, 
it's 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 a family and and definitely there's that development um you know through line it's uh it's it's fun to see and uh, i'll just add to your delano point he looks hungry like there's no other way to say it he looks like he's like he didn't play the last summer league game but he looks uh actually my my first ever 905 game uh i, I wish I've, I've i went to more but you know him and him and uh champagne uh, they both almost had 40 points, I think. And they're both were just like absolutely going off. And Duano's pushing something that uh, maybe it's Malachi, but I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully Malachi pushes back and we have a serious battle. And I just hope it results in Fred p- playing a little less minutes, you know, but uh, yeah, Sheldon, uh, what's your summer league takeaway? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really just piggybacking off of what you guys both said. Cause I think the big part of how we look at this Raptors team going forward, the difference between last year and this year is that they want to have Coloco play center. Cause they haven't had a big guy center that they can rely on consistently. Cause you're going to go up against Embiid at some point in the East. And you want to at least have that option where you can put that big body in to bang around and, and just not have him feast. So you have a guy whose mm-hmm. focus is defense cool as you guys mentioned on offense just roll to the basket and dunk right we can figure everything else out after that and that's cool but having the stability in the middle is huge so there's big opportunity there so it was good to see that development and just see that you can get some minutes there because it's been a while where the from where the raptors have had a solid legitimate five right that you can rely on and Mm -hmm. get like solid minutes from um in the long term and with banton it's interesting to me because you know, I had someone message me about Raptors guard depth. And I thought it was interesting because we keep thinking of it as backup point guard, but really the Raptors just need guards who can play guards who can be on the floor Hmm, and guard. Cause if Delano started improving a lot more, he can play whatever, whoever's the point guard between him and Fred doesn't really matter. Fred can play off the ball. We saw him do it with Kyle yep. for so long. So that part doesn't even really matter that much. The Raptors just need one of their guards that they've been developing to step up and be able to get consistent minutes. And it's good to hear everything that you were talking about, Derek, in terms of the development that Delano has been trying to make this off season, because I think, last year was probably a disappointment, right? Like if you really think about it, at the start of the year, Nick Nurse gave him the keys over Malachi and gave him every opportunity in the world to be a, a fixture in the rotation. And he never really ran with it long-term. And so I look at it this year and think, well, the opportunity still there. Cause it's not like they've added much depth in their guard spot at all. So if he can improve, there's room there for him. And not to go back to the KD thing, because I know that's a, a touchy subject, but we're talking about, okay, well, what happens if you did give up Gary Trent Jr. and OG and, you know, what happens to our guards? And it's like, well, that's why they have Malachi. That's why they have Delano. That's why they have this development program that we trust because we've seen it happen time and time again. So I, I'm, I was interested to see how Banton would do. And I thought he did a really good job. But as you Mm -hmm. mentioned, Derek, it's just, you know, this is the first piece. Then you got to see him do it a little more 905 consistently. And then hopefully with the roster, he can get some legitimate minutes because Freddie broke down at the all-star break last year. But then just on top of that, you need more from your guard play. There's, there's one thing I'm sorry if I'm going a little long. No, no, it's good. There's one thing I feel that we, 
miss about the Raptors teams. And a lot of people, when we talk about the Raptors, we keep talking about, they have all these like six, eight, six, nine guys, which is great, but that's not the actual plan of how they want to build the team. What they're doing is collecting assets because those are the value, most valuable assets that everyone else in the league wants. So Masai is just collecting as many of those assets as possible to be able to build an actual team that, you know, you can get a center, you can get a two guard with shooting, you can get all those things. And I think sometimes we get too focused in on, oh, well, they're going to play this small ball and everybody six, nine. It's like, you're not going to win like that. Like you're, you're just not right. Like that's not a thing unless one of your six, nine guys is Giannis who can literally play one to five, which I know some people might be saying Scotty can be that. And yes, that goes back to our first question. Uh, yeah. about all, value. all roads lead back to KD. <laughs> right. But my point is, I, I just think it's awesome. And it's a great opportunity for Banton to get some minutes here, whether it's playing the two or playing the one, there are minutes available at the Raptors guard spots. So it was good to see him make some progression because he's going to have all the chance in the world. So we'll see if he, what he does with it. Yeah. Great, great point about, uh, you know, uh, Banton playing the two, right. Cause I feel like Fred can play off ball. Uh, and you know, if Banton can shoot better, if he can kind of like run the, you offense. know, if he can run off screens and yeah, run the offense in the half court, like, you know, so much as possible. Also a great point about, you know, building up, uh, you know, players assets and value around the league, because I think one thing that gets lost in, you know, our, our journey towards the 2019 champion, uh, championship is that we were so we had such an overwhelming amount of talent. We had all these like high 50 win teams. We had, you know, Pirtle sitting on the bench. We had, you know, we were able to DeLon throw Wright. a bunch Delon Wright. Yeah. CJ Miles, like we threw a bunch of people at uh, you know, uh the the Gasol trade and like mm-hmm. we were just able to make big moves as that kind of like, you know, we were just, had too much talent. And like, even if you think it's not long ago, right. Where, uh, you know, the, the Tampa team had guys like Baines and, and, and Stanimal and Matt Thomas and, you know, people who you really would have to reflect, like, could they make our roster this, this year? <laughs> like, I'm not sure they could make the 15 man yeah. roster. Uh, you know, you have, I think talented guys like Utah who people are wondering, like, uh, is that, is that it for him? Like, does he have a place here? I, I was going to touch on, you know, Brooks as well. Seems like he's kind of punching his way through as, as a, as a shooter, which the team needs. Uh, I'm not sure if that translates into a roster spot, but I mean, the guy can shoot. So, uh, you know, he's definitely, you know, pushing Svi. Like, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens with that. You know, that's a whole nother topic, the the back spot there. But um, yeah, let's uh, let's let's jump into some NBA talk. Um, I feel like we covered a lot of Raptors points here, and if we keep going, things will come back to KD. I just know they will. <laughs> so we we, we, we got to move on. But um, another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, uh, Maddie, I know you're back there. Uh, I don't know if it's another Tom Cruise whispering thing but uh please just give me your 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 best nba sting this is adam silver okay classic 
<laughs> People know this one. It's Adam Silver on a boat. Um, this is Adam Silver. Huh? <laughs> okay, I, I was waiting on. for yeah, I was <laughs> waiting for it to get weird. And you know, Weird Al uh, of all the Matt stings, Weird Al is always welcome. Uh, I'm so I'm so yeah, like Adam, and he says this is Adam Silver Hong Kong. Too weird, too good. Um, uh, I think uh, probably going to lose some sleep over that. Um, uh, it's kind of terrifying too, but, uh, okay, let's, uh, let's go to you first, um, Derek, uh, on this one. And, um, this is just, I, I feel like this isn't talked about enough. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, this is a couple years old. I don't know when he's last been like, you know, followed up with this, but he said he wants to build a real life Iron Man suit, uh, <laughs> after he's done playing in the NBA. This is something I think about all the time. Uh, I, I want him to do it. I hope he does it. I hope he has a whole team working on it. Uh, I, I hope it's safe as well. Um, but yeah, uh, give me a player uh, and tell me what they're going to do post-career. Just yeah, give me something weird that an NBA player is going to do. Uh, you know, I, I want to see where your imagination goes. Honestly, I feel like I don't have to like go that hard with my imagination because there's already been like, like some precedent with some weird stuff that guys have done. Like there's some stuff that makes sense. Like, I don't know if you remember, uh, you know, big country, Brian Reeves, he opened <laughs> yep. a ranch. Like that makes sense. <laughs> yep, or, that or, or, like, <laughs> or there's like, you know, Finn Baker who became like a pastor, but then also went on to become like a manager of a Starbucks. So like, you <laughs> okay. know, like, I like, didn't know that one. No, that, yeah, that could happen. I think the weirdest one that I, I remember is Tim Duncan potentially teasing an MMA career. Like that was a thing at one yes. point. I, I like look it up. It's legit. If people think I'm lying, I swear to God, Tim Duncan was low key about to have a little MMA career. So that to me was probably the weirdest one. If there's, I'm going to give you two players, but if there's, if there's one, I would say the first one is Pat Bev. Um, I don't know what that man plans to do post-career. I could see him starting like an ice cream shop. Um, I could, I could, <laughs> I, I could see it, man. Like it could be like a Pat Bev, you know, Dairy Queen collaboration type of situation. Sure. Um, or the other one is Anthony Edwards post career. Whenever that kid decides to hang it up, I, I hope it'll be a long while for now because he's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see him going into stand up comedy. I could see him having a little Netflix special. I could see him, you know, opening like a wing stop with Rick Ross or something like that. So sure. well, those are those are my two guys: Pat Bev uh, with the ice cream shop and Anthony Edwards. Uh, becoming Dave Chappelle slash Rick Ross's uh, Wingstop guy. Uh, I love it. You know, great, great references there. Let me throw in a little J.R. Smith, uh, who's uh, like a semi-pro golfer. Uh, I think he's doing pretty good. Um, you know, stock joke. I got to insert like, you know, is he wearing a shirt? Is he not? You know, he's, he's, he's breaking golf rules. He's breaking golf norms. Um, let me go to you, uh, Chris, uh, on, on, on this next one. Um, yeah, who's your NBA player? Uh, what are they doing in, in with their post-career? So uh, I'm taking the professional wrestling route here. I recently rewatched the the Bash at the Beach. Uh, it was Hulk Hogan <laughs> and Dennis Rodman against Diamond Dallas Page and Carl uh, Malone. Huge. It was it was a disaster of a wrestling match, but it, it was so <laughs> like the the hype around it was real. It was such a big money maker for the company, and I think like why don't we see a lot of these like 
NBA, like WWE, AEW crossovers anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of these guys have such like wrestling centric personalities. Like I could see like Draymond Green being behind the announce table, becoming a manager for like a top level heel because he's so good with his words. Similar to like a Patrick Beverly, for example, like you root for him kind of, but you also like really despise him. Like he's like one of those players you really want on your team. And if he's not on your team, you hate his guts. And yes. I think that would translate really well to wrestling. Uh, I recently saw like Giannis Antetokounmpo. He was uh, live at an AEW event. Uh, it was in Milwaukee, but he came out. He was jeering. He had the belt in the air. I thought that was really cool. I remember like Shaquille O'Neal when he was in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania. I'm starting to think of like NBA players, like who can get in the squared circle and really throw it down. Mm-hmm. How about a Joel Embiid, for example? Like this oh, is yeah. a guy that like an entire country like wanted to like murder this man during the first round of the series. <laughs> he just all he has to do is go down the entrance ramp doing an airplane. Easy heat. For Joel Embiid. So I'm, I'm trying to think of like more like wrestling guys that can make that crossover. I'm wondering if like there's anybody on the Raptors that could like get in a WWE ring like Pascal Siakam. I think he's too nice for that. Yeah, like, I, don't, I, I don't think he'd be, you know, he'd be like the nice guy, Pascal Siakam. He'd be out there like with a Argyle shirt and like, a you know, a beret on his head. Like you <laughs> he couldn't help but like, I don't know, maybe you'd <laughs> yeah. boo him for that. But uh, yeah, too nice for WWE. Maybe Precious? I feel like you know. Yeah, Precious could probably do it. I think. I think honestly, if we had the other Champagne brother, we we could get like a USO situation going on. <laughs> yeah, twin magic, man. The twin magic. Kind yeah, of, you got like this Carlito look going on too. So like, I can I can see it, man. I can see it. I like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a big wrestling fan too. So like, any and all wrestling crossovers, always welcome. Um, when you were saying that, I was trying to picture like who who could I who could I see being like lowered from the rafters and doing that like classic Sting bit where he takes off a Sting mask and is still Sting. Uh, it's just like it's Pat just, Connaughton just coming down from the rafters. Connaughton, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, it's who's that guy? Oh, it's Kevin Herter. Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> who like, are you? Yeah. The jobber yeah. comes out. Yeah, sorry, Pat. <laughs> Sorry, Pat. Um, we forgot you. Um, uh, gone but not forgotten, Pat Connaughton. Um, uh, okay, Sheldon, who's your yeah, who's your NBA player, and what's the weird post career move they're making? So I took a bit of a different route here, but I still see this as actually being plausible. LeBron, Le, LeBron James, pardon me, is going to be the owner slash player of this Vegas team. And this is actually going to happen. The weirdness is because he's going to be a cross between what Michael Jordan was trying to do with the wizards, but only they'll he'll make them like change the rules so that he can actually own the team and play just because we know Adam Silver will bend over backwards for whatever mm-hmm. LeBron wants. He'll make it happen. LeBron will also draft his son to the NBA, no matter what kind of prospect he actually is. doesn't matter. So he'll be some weird mix of like Michael Jordan slash LeVar Ball as a player <laughs> owner of the Las Vegas team. Oh, yeah. And he's just, I mean, then anything's possible, right? Like, because he's going to have pieces in clutch still somehow he's going to be the owner of an NBA team. He's going to be father of the year for drafting his two sons into the NBA all while still playing on this team and calling in every favor to get all his clutch buddies to play on this Vegas expansion team that we all know should suck. But if LeBron's there, they could be right there competing for an NBA championship right away. And that will be the weirdest thing ever to culminate what people will try to call the goat. 
but we all know that's MJ and you know, damn right. Can't change that. But LeBron will try. I mean, think about that for a second. Ending his career by leaving the Lakers to become the player slash owner of the Las Vegas team, drafting his own son, playing as with his son and trying to win an NBA championship. I mean, that is strange for sure. But if anyone can do it, LeBron. I, th- I think like, you know, I don't think LeBron's a go-to for this type of question, but he's a good answer because he does unprecedented things. And that, yeah. you know, like I, I could see him doing that. It's like, it's very meta, you know, I feel like maybe it's like somehow segues into Space Jam 3. <laughs> like, you know, uh, oh, God. Uh, shout out uh, Maddie. you know, I'm going to say it. You need to finish Space Jam 1. Uh, what? You haven't even finished Space Jam 1? Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to say. He watched know. half and he won't get back to I think the, 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 the fans got to start clapping, like bringing Tinkerbell back to life <laughs> for me to yeah. get through it. Maddie, I feel like I saw it. Space Jam on like YTV the other night or something. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was on YTV. Yeah, you go, check yeah. it out anywhere, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Well, shout out to the Zone, man. Old school YTV. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the Zone. <laughs> God, yeah. What's up, what happened man? to yeah. Phil, man? What's Phil up to? He lives cool. He has a cool hair. Yo, what? <laughs> okay, That's I know. I brought this up, but, but but apparently he's like he's in the city. People see him around Parkdale sometimes. Like, okay. yeah. I seen him around. So I saw him one time at Kensington Market vintage shopping. So Damn, I didn't want to be weird. Bring Phil like, on the hey, pod, man. Let's bring let's Phil on the pod. Bring, bring, bring Phil. Bring uh, the girl who did uh, Big Comfy Couch. Um, <laughs> just just uh, Carlos. Like ev- all of these guys, man. Yeah. Can she still do the clock thing? That's one hundred percent. That that I feel like that doesn't leave you. Like that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> once you learn it, it's like that's, riding a bike. You just that's get back a core on that memory. Bike. Exactly. <laughs> okay, all, all these YTV people from our, our, our youth, if you're listening, <laughs> and I know you are, uh, please just hit me up. We'll have you on the pod. Um, Y'all watch my, Oh, man. Like, you remember those shirts, the red, green? Oh, my God. And, man. I have one. I have one. I was on it. You were on, the, you were on O? I didn't play. I was like, it was a part of like a middle school field trip, but they yeah. took, was, they basically just wanted to take all these poor black and brown kids from the, from the hood. So they, oh they took us to Uh-Oh, and they put some shirts on us, and then they were like, all right, cool, like, <laughs> You're gonna get slimed, and we were like, I don't want to do that. I was like, I'd rather be on like, I want to, I want to be on like video top ten arcade. Like that's that's what I want to do. Video arcade top ten. Yeah, that's what I was. I want, but they didn't put us on it. So I just, I just sat in the crowd. I I watched my team take a L, but it's okay. I have that shirt somewhere. It's probably in my parents' place. Yeah, uh, you just lost uh, all like the the young folk. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who's a Gen Z is like, what in God's name? Um. Listen. Okay. Uh, what missing out on. <laughs> yeah. Listen. Go back. Check it out. It will be cool again. You know. You like Fresh Prince. This is also a rabbit hole. You should go down. Um, uh, I'm just going to do a quick shout out to uh, uh, the paint people, uh, uh, James uh, Frantowski, a friend of the pod, because my answer is uh, Boban Marjanovic. I feel like he's going to become a professional painter. Mm-hmm. He's going to market himself around, uh, you know, like high spaces that people can't reach. And, you know, you don't want to use the ladder. Plus, you get to hang out with him. Uh, maybe Tobias Harris is there, too. Like, it's like a – it's just a good vibe and a good time. You get to hang out with Boban. Uh, is he a good painter? Doesn't matter, you know? <laughs> um, so that's my answer. I feel like I had uh, – for the weird one, I usually have the worst answer to my own question. Why isn't but, he cutting? Uh, 
what the hell? What's that? Yeah, why isn't he? Yeah, these corners are so bad, Boban. <laughs> he just like palms, palms your face with his hand. Like, Why are you? <laughs> That's when LeBron walks through the door and recruits him for that Vegas team. I can see it, man. I can see yeah, it. Yeah, Le- LeBron is just, at this point, he's just like omnipresent. I feel, um, like, I feel like Manny Pacquiao's done that. And I feel like Dwayne Wade's already low-key doing that. Because then he draft his son to the Jazz, like, on their, like, D-League team. And then, like, oh, damn hand-me-outs. And then, and then he was like also part owners. Like the yeah. only player owner thing I've ever seen is Manny Pacquiao in his own basketball league. But you know, he also won MVP in the championship. So I guess you know. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair <laughs> enough, Manny. Um, okay, let's uh, let's wrap it up with the last question here, uh, Chris. I'll start with you. Um, you know, obviously the offseason is not finished. So we gotta wait for a lot to happen. But up until this point, who, in your opinion, has won the offseason? Uh, I hate to say it, but like it's fellow Atlantic Division teams like Boston killed it like they were already good. They were just in the NBA finals and they got mm-hmm. Malcolm Brogdon for like the leftovers, like staining the bottom of their fridge. Like they they gave up next to nothing for this guy like Malcolm Brogdon. He's not like the true point guard that they need. Like obviously mm-hmm. you were running Marcus Smart out there as your point guard. But at the same time, like he's still a very efficient shooter, like his assisting and passing is very underrated and he's going to be a seamless fit into that rotation, which is already so incredibly deep. And then you get a guy like Danilo Gallinari who just needs to stand out there and shoot from long range. Like he's a liability defensively, but the guy can still put up points. Great depth for that bench. Uh, The other team I was going to allude to the Philadelphia 76ers again, Shout out to all the Sixers fans who like flooded my DMs during the playoffs. I dislike all of you, but uh, I don't know about this. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, like a lot of their upcoming season is going to be ultimately dictated by like how James Harden performs. Like their entire season is based on whether he can get back to that level, which a lot of people still think that he can. And he's kind of putting it out there like, hey, I wasn't 100%. I wasn't 100% me, but I could still be that, you know, triple double guy, all NBA <sighs> talent. But they also added, you know, former after P.J. Tucker, get some mm-hmm. toughness, some grit defensively on the wing. De'Anthony Melton, an underrated acquisition as well. And to kind of top this all off, like I know it's the homer pick, but I think the Toronto Raptors had quietly a really decent offseason. I could change my mind if I get like a Sham Sharania tweet in the next five minutes and all of a sudden huh. Kevin Durant is a Toronto Raptor and we basically gutted the roster for this guy. But like honestly, like Otto Porter Jr., like an, a championship caliber guy just came off yeah. the Golden State Warriors team. 3 and D guy, love that acquisition. We kept Thaddeus Young, you know, good locker room presence as well. Played, had some really good performances for the Raptors late in the season. And Chris Boucher, a, a very sound contract, didn't really overpay for this guy. You know, I think a lot of people forget, like, how great he was in that final game, although we blew it in the second half against mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Like, he was en route to having, like, an all-time Raptors playoff performance. So Atlantic Division squads absolutely killed it. I uh, I hate to agree with you as much as I do. That Brogdon trade pissed me off. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to say. Like I, I never, like you know, I always I love to slam Boston, but they they are just primed to be good for a very long time. And and adding Brogdon to that crew is absolutely. It, it seems unfair and you know it's not i guess the splashiest move but you know to your point just like how little they gave up i think it was Neesmith, a couple other people Ty, like tice like to, it on, just man. wasn't enough it seems to to get brockton and did they have know, some dirt on indiana like what like some probably skeletons in yeah. the closet like you owe us one like what the hell yeah. was that they're like, we know what happened with Nate Bjorkson, okay? <laughs> or yeah, Bjorkson. Like, we know geez. we know what's up. We're gonna we, we know Miles Turner's the Lego, you know, well, we know what's going on there. Um 
I'm insinuating things that are very normal. Um, but uh, okay, uh, Sheldon, let's go to you. Uh, who do you think won the offseason? So, so far, yeah, it's Boston. Boston is the the answer for sure, just because, I mean, it's the reason they lost in the NBA finals was point guard play or lack of point guard play. Mm-hmm. So they addressed that with a pretty good point guard and not really giving up any of their core pieces or even rotation pieces from the NBA finals. So it's definitely Boston, but I'm going to bring this all full circle and say, who's won the offseason so far it's the nets because they haven't panicked and made a kevin durant trade for you know Hmm. 45 cents on the dollar yet because you cannot like if they just don't trade kevin durant and they run it back you only have Kyrie for one more year you let Kyrie and and katie you run this back Ben Simmons, who knows what you're getting from him, but if he just plays, you need him to just play defense and run the offense. You're also getting back. Cause everyone keeps talking about, Oh, last year they lost in the first round. It's like, okay, cool. If you run it back this season, you have Kyrie, which we know what Kyrie is, but let's say you have Ben Simmons. You also get Joe Harris back. They also got TJ Warren, which is a very good, like depth mm-hmm. piece rotation. Seth Curry, right? You still have Seth Curry. You run it back with that team and you're still one of the favorites in the Eastern conference. So as long as you don't make a move, you've had a pretty good off season so far when your off season began with your two best players, both wanting out. <laughs> so the fact that you haven't panicked and given that up for what Russell Westbrook and whatever random picks. And then I don't even know what the best Kevin Durant offers are right now. Like if you're not talking Raptors, like, it's it's not looking good. So mm-hmm. if they just hold hold Pat, stand up with their team, just say let us run it back for another year. It's the Nets so far. I think that's an interesting take. You know, I remember during the Tampa year getting in a million arguments uh, about Kyle Lowry, and I feel like not trading Kyle Lowry was one of the most like, elite non moves, right? You know, it's it's turned into Precious, uh, Coloco, and Thad, right? So I feel like Masai didn't panic, and he kind of held firm, and you know, Bobby as well, obviously. And you know, yeah, not making moves is sort of interesting too. Like you know, I I, I have a couple. My, Boston was my answer, but I had a couple backups for this, and and you know, one of them was sort of you know wondering about like what's like the development in Memphis going to be like? I know JJJ got injured, which sucks, but I feel like they were the second best record in the league last year. Morant got injured in the playoffs. Like what, what are they capable of next year? Um, and, you know, you don't have to make big moves all the time to, to make big progress. Uh, and, you know, to Chris's point, I feel like similarly, I mean, I don't think the Raptors quite yet, but like, you know, the auto addition might be massive, right? He fits the plan and, um, Okay, uh, yeah, uh, take us home, Derek. Who's your who's your winner of the offseason? Uh, so this is going to sound a bit wild because this isn't a team that's really going to compete or isn't even going to be in contention at all. Okay, I like it. Um, it's the Detroit Pistons. Um, I okay. honestly feel like they made like a lot of great sound moves as an organization to add to, you know, a young core that, in my honest opinion, could become like, uh, you know, how we view like the Memphis Grizzlies right now. Um, you know, you've got the, they picked up Jaden Ivey, they got Jalen Duran, they they're adding that to Killian Hayes and Cade Cunningham. Um, and I honestly think like the core that Detroit is is working to build right now could become a really good team. I honestly think they might even be a sneak like 
play-in tournament team, potentially eighth seed team this year. Like Dwayne Casey, as we all know, is a solid coach. He has his deficiencies for sure. But with that young team and those young guys and his veteran type of coaching and leadership, I honestly do think that the Detroit Pistons are going to be a good team for the next, you know, three or four years. And, you know, they they added some good pieces. They bought out Campbell Walker, so they got rid of that contract because he wasn't doing anything for them. You add Nerlens Noel, you get, you know, Alex Burks. Like they're, they're building a solid team that could compete for, you know, a ninth, tenth, eighth spot right now. And in three, four years from now, if Cade and those guys continue to develop, they could be another Memphis type of team in the East for sure. Love that pick. Yeah, I love that pick too. You know, I don't know if you mentioned uh, Sadiq Bay, but I feel like, you know, he's got some stuff going on. Yeah, um, yeah, they got Bay. They still took a flyer on Marvin Bagley the third. So, like, you know, yeah. you, know you don't know where that's going to go. Like, they, they've got some things percolating for sure. And, you know, they'll always beat us for sure. So, we'll probably lose every game to them in some yeah. cases. What's the over under on the Raptors' wins over Detroit this season? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, we, if we face them four times, we'll lose like six times somehow. It's like six. Yeah, just I feel like, you know, K- Casey will he'll just be like giving, you know, like the dagger eyes to nurse and we'll 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 either lose in dramatic fashion or just get routed. Um, <laughs> Dwayne Casey is like Vecna. Like, I don't know if you get the Stranger Things reference. It's like, you yeah, hear that yeah. clock go off yeah. in the background. He's like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. my body and break all my bones. <laughs> okay, I love, I, love how, I love sci-fi Dwayne Casey. Um, I've always thought of, I mean, Casey and his big suits always give me talking heads vibes. Um, (laughs) Just sitting there with like the tentacles coming out, like absorbing Raptors Twitter hate. Yeah, don't mess with him, you know? <laughs> Casey, he's still, you know, he probably brought the big rock to uh, to Detroit. <laughs> like, you know, like that guy's, you know, he's got something to prove. Um, uh, I love doing Casey. Uh, but uh, my, this is just a way out there pick. And like, I don't even feel like it's the correct pick because it's like was my fourth or fifth team. And I think similar to what, uh, you know, where Sheldon and Derek are coming from. Like, I don't feel like they're going to, I don't know, like win a ring or they're contenders or I'm not sure what to expect, but I hate, and, and they gave up way too much in terms of picks. But if you're a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, isn't this a little bit exciting? Like you just, you want some, you want to be relevant and you got Gobert and whatever. It might just be a disaster. Who knows? But like, I think, at the same time, you got a starting lineup of like Gobert, Towns, Ant Man, Russell. Uh, I don't know who starts at the two, like a, a Okogi or whatever. But like, it's 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 interesting. Chris Finch, you know, like again, maybe this is like the classic disaster move. But at the same time, you know, you you're 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 in the news for a bit, uh, and I think it's it's it should be exciting. And I think sometimes if you're, you know, an NBA franchise that isn't relevant that's all you can hope for. Um, but uh, I, listen, if you're in the comments, don't hate me. Okay. It's at, my picks actually Boston. I just wanted to, <laughs> I just wanted to drum up some, some something. LeBron's but, um, favorite team. Yeah. Yeah. LeBron's <laughs> favorite team. Um, okay. Uh, someone, guys, made a, someone made a point sorry. though about that LeBron thing and him hating Boston. It's like, isn't LeBron a part owner in the, in the Boston Red Sox? Owning them both ways, man. Right? Like, Ooh, like literally and figuratively. It's like he's just talking so much trash about the city of Boston and their fans. It's like, meanwhile, I own the Red Sox. Like, he's wait, like, what? I also hate Man U. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, uh, th- that's it, though. That's uh, it for the pod. Thank you uh, all so much for being part of this. This is a great episode. Um, let me go to you first, Chris. Uh, you know, for anyone listening, you know, where can they, you know, we'll, we'll put your Twitter up and stuff, but, um, you know, where can they check you out? What do you want to let people know? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Walder Sports. Uh, the Scotty Barnes climb continues uh, next season. So stay tuned for all those juicy basketballreference.com tidbits that have made me semi relevant on the Twitter sphere. Uh, subscribe to my podcast, the Walder Sports Cast. I occasionally interview people from in and around NBA media, professional wrestling media have a lot of fun doing it i don't do it as much i do more podcasts like this than i do my own podcast it seems but again i appreciate all the love on twitter and uh, i'm truly honored that you guys uh, invited me on the show today it means a lot oh man thanks thanks for doing it i appreciate it um and thanks for bringing the wrestling angles always welcome hell yeah um, man who's gonna drop carl malone and uh Dennis Rodman bash at the beach on this podcast man that's you got exactly it, man. my sole purpose here um derek what's up uh you know where can people check you out what do you want to let them know yeah, for sure, man. If you uh, want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Katie Dion, Katie like Kevin Durant or Kraft Dinner, whichever you prefer. Sure. Um, and <laughs> all uh, roads, yeah. man. All roads. Yeah, all roads always lead back to KD some way, one way. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, I would just say, you know, I just want everybody to, you know, continue doing what they're doing. Uh, support Chris, support Freddie, uh, support Sheldon. Like, you know, whatever you guys are, are up to, support them. It's always great to support people doing great work in our in our community and in our city. Um, and yeah, you know, just as a as a journalist as well, you know, support local journalists it's a tough time in media a lot of people love you a lot of people hate you um Mm -hmm. as we all know and especially in this time in the world with the pandemic and everything else going on you know i just hope everybody continues to stay safe and stay healthy awesome thank you man and uh echo that support local media uh and um you know they 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 definitely need the supports tumultuous times and uh they're professionals they're experts which we uh we, we want you know experts are great um but uh yeah sheldon what's up where can people follow you um let them let them know the good stuff yeah you can find me on twitter at shell alexander on instagram at sheldon alexander uh youtube page we got the pods coming back soon we doing some basketball pods coming up as well we got a reality show pod coming up it's just a little busy there for a bit as the raptor season ended and then we're working on that global jam tournament um that just happened at madame which was a lot of fun for year one of course so yeah, lots always going on. So just kind of trying to keep the schedule intact. And Freddie, I'm happy that it's now twice in a row that I've actually gotten the dates correct. And I haven't messed up the dates for the pod because I appreciate you guys having me on. Oh, man, so much no fun. It's so much fun just to talk ball and, you know, to echo Derek's point, man, like my biggest thing that I love the most about Raptors fans is the passion that people have for the team and for basketball. And there's so many different things that are just bubbling up as basketball becomes more and more popular. And I, mm-hmm. I love every second of it. So huge shout to you guys uh, for doing this and having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, Raptors fans are crazy and I love it. You know, I, <laughs> I, I've been to a lot of bars in Toronto, you know, back in the day where, you know, it's a, like a junior A hockey game or whatever. And you're like, oh, can you put on the, the playoff game? And they're like, what playoff game? And you're like, oh, man, <laughs> come on. Um, so, you know, the enthusiasm is welcome. And, uh, yeah, I think with that, uh, thank you all so much. Thanks to everyone who's been listening, supporting, you know, commenting, subscribing, all that shit. Um, Maddie, if you feel like we're done, we're good to go. Please just give me those words I love so much. Okay. Yeah. Listen to the Confederacy of Dunks exclusively on the Rapcast.